Welcome to the second season of Wikimove. In this podcast, we discuss the future of the Wikimedia movement. I'm Nikki Zoyna, and with me is Eva Martin. Hi, everyone. Nikki and I are part of Wikimedia Deutschland's governance and movement relations team. This episode was recorded on September 21st, 2023. Things may have changed since then, but what we still know is that by 2030, Wikimedia will become the essential infrastructure of the ecosystem of free knowledge and anyone who shares our vision will be able to join us. You know, when my daughter heard me saying that, hang on, when my daughter heard me saying that, she said, this is culty. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. That sound a bit, doesn't it? But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> This podcast is also available on Postcard apps and YouTube. If you want to reach out to us, you can do so via the Wikimove Meta page or you can send us an email. All the relevant links are available in the show notes. Nikki, tell us a bit about today's show. Yeah, all right. So on today's show, we're interviewing two non-binary Wikipedians and longtime contributors to Wikipedia. They have fought for better representation and less harassment on the projects for many years. And their experience shines a light on why the movement strategy really was written, particularly the pieces around ensuring safety and inclusion and around the need to identify topics for impact and to bridge the knowledge gap on our projects. So we will hear from the front lines of the daily grind towards a harassment-free environment and towards ways to appropriately represent trans and non-binary people on our projects. Talking about safety and inclusion, our movement strategy includes a recommendation on that very topic. It is our recommendation number three, provide safety and inclusion. The recommendation says, and I'm quoting from the text, we will establish a movement-wide standard for an inclusive, welcoming, safe and harassment-free environment. This will enable us to better attract and retain new and diverse volunteers and grow as a movement. And even before this recommendation was written, a universal code of conduct was started to be developed. It now has enforcement guidelines to support the communities in ensuring a safe environment for their contributors. Yet, there is still a lot of work to be done. And this is not just about codes of conduct and about policies, but it's also about culture. So the lack of a safe and inclusive environment is one of the causes for the gender gap and other knowledge gaps. So halfway through 2030, which is you know the end of the movement strategy as it's written now, we wonder, we ask, what has improved concerning the safety of our contributors and what are the challenges that still need to be addressed? And also what is, has improved uh, on how trans and non-binary persons are described and represented on Wikipedia and Wikidata. So Eva, you want to introduce our first guest? Sure. Today we are talking to Pax Ahimsa Gethen. Pax is a queer, black, trans, blogger and photographer and a longtime resident of San Francisco. They have been an editor on the English Wikipedia for 15 years and they have contributed many of their original photos to Wikimedia Commons. Their hobbies include video gaming, word puzzles, playing the piano, and singing. You cannot see it, but they have an amazing piano in their background right now. We are very happy to have you with us today, Pax. Thanks very much for having me. Tamsin Hadassah Kelly is a Wikimedian of 11 years 
who lives with their polycule in Cape May County, New Jersey. They've written Wikipedia articles on topics ranging from LGBTQ subjects to unusual legal cases to Mike Tyson's tattoos. I'm going to look that one up. For <laughs> non-Wikimedia hobbies, they play board games and take long walks on the beach. Tamsin, so happy to have you on the pod. Thank you all for having me. Thanks, Pax, for bringing me into this. Sure. So uh, we would like to start by talking a little bit more about you and your work on the Wikimedia projects. Pax, can you maybe tell us briefly about yourself and what you've been doing within the movement? Sure. So I have been an editor on the English Wikipedia for 15 years, but I've only been really active the last few, concentrating specifically on improving the representation of marginalized people, especially Black and trans folks like myself. So that's my main focus right now. And I also um, have taken a lot of photos at social justice rallies and of trans folks, and I use those photos to enhance my article. Thanks, Pax. And Tamsin, can you tell us briefly about yourself and your work on the Wikimedia projects? Yeah, uh, like Pax, I've only become more active in the past few years. I write about a lot of things, uh, which includes LGBT subjects. I, I've written about uh, a Jewish prayer that was written about written by a lesbian couple. I've written about a, a zine called Fucking Trans Women that was actually the first document published anywhere about uh, transgender women's sexuality. Uh, and then as a you know, elected volunteer administrator. I do a lot of work on our harassment policies and especially hate speech, which is not limited to trans people, but often winds mm -hmm. up centering on that because that's currently the biggest culture flashpoint. Yeah. Mm -hmm. At least in the West. Um, Tamsin, you just mentioned harassment, and that's definitely a topic we need to talk about today. Pax, you've talked in the past about the harassment that you suffered due to your work on the English Wikipedia. Do you maybe want to tell us a little bit more about your response to this harassment and the abuse on the Wikimedia project? Sure. So several years ago, I think it was in 2016, an anonymous editor uh, who didn't like some edits that I made to a page vandalized my user page on the English Wikipedia and went, then proceeded to vandalize my user pages on all the other projects and stalk me throughout the encyclopedia for months. It was a big headache. And anyway, as a result of that, that year there was an Inspire campaign, which was to um, propose alternatives to combat harassment on Wikipedia. So for that campaign, I proposed to protect user pages by default from editing by anonymous or new users. So that was my response. And the community uh, fortunately agreed to this. So now there is a filter that users can choose to opt out of, but it's a filter that prevents anonymous and new users from editing anyone's user page. And it's active on the English Wikipedia, but the source is available for other language Wikipedias to adopt as well. Mm -hmm. That's very impressive, Pax. And let me maybe just say I'm very sorry that you had to um, go through all this harassment and, and abuse. Thank you. So yeah, it was, I mean, even though the harassment just started on my user page, it ended up going on for many months and the person even stalked me to my blog and it was very damaging. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, trans folks experience a lot of this sort of thing. I mean, this is just the 
tip of the iceberg what I experienced, especially compared to what many trans women have to endure. So even mm -hmm. though this user filter would only help in the regard of protecting one particular aspect of this harassment, I just thought this is at least the least that we can do. So Tamsin, let's hear from you. So if I understand correctly, you are one of a few openly non-binary admins on the English Wikipedia. Correct me if I'm wrong there. So what, what are the tools that are your, at your disposal to deal with uh, vandalism, abuse, harassment? Yeah, I, I do want to make clear that I, I try to approach my approach to trans-related vandalism harassment, I try to keep entirely distinct from my position as a trans person. It's not that I feel I would be biased or anything, but I'm opposed to all kinds of bigotry, and it just happens that a lot of the bigotry I deal with winds up being transphobia, and a lot that of what people want to talk about. People don't ask me about all the times I block racists, block um, you know, mm -hmm. religious bigotry, uh, what have you, but I am, you know, to the extent that my background matters, it's that I, I know what the kind of dog whistles look like. I, I don't know how internationally accessible a, a term that is, but you know, when, when people are saying one thing, but they're meaning I hate trans people. And sometimes that means okay. then explaining to other administrators, oh, this comment might look reasonable if you don't, if you're not entirely familiar with the topic area, but mm -hmm. actually what they're saying here is, you know, what have you um so i deal with um I, i've kind of done the article version of what pax has done and that i've created an edit filter that detects misgendering of transgender and non-binary people's articles so like if someone changes every he in an article to she it will sometimes at least catch that it's a imperfect system but it, it does a pretty good job and then i follow up on that on the manual side by when an article is getting too much of that which i mean no amount is an okay amount but is getting more of that than our regular processes are able to handle i'll uh in various ways limit editing to that article for mm -hmm. some period of time um and then i've also been outspoken on the idea that uh, that if you're saying hateful things on Wikipedia, that just counts as disruptive editing. I wrote an essay I'm very proud of called Hate is Disruptive, which we had a longstanding dispute over like, oh, do we have, we don't have an explicit policy that says you can't be a Nazi or whatever. And, you know, my, my intervention in this has just been to say, no, if someone is, well, either using actual hate speech or, you know, pursuing a hate agenda, but also if they're just, letting everyone know they really like the Nazis uh, or really like some other hateful cause, um, that's disruptive editing that we as administrators are empowered to take action against mm -hmm. for the good of the community. Um, so I've made a lot of, you know, I've blocked people from editing for a lot of that, mostly not over trans matters, though, mostly over racism, caste-based right. discrimination, all, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. wow. And we will definitely link your your essay in, in the show notes of this of this episode, Thames. Um, Pax, I know that you've been around in the movement for quite some time, and you are an experienced editor and volunteer. Um, but you also mentioned some of the things that particularly underrepresented groups may be facing on, on our project. So can you maybe tell us a few words about how, how can you prepare new editors and maybe particularly vulnerable editors or new trans editors to face the environment on the English Wikipedia? 
Sure. Well, in general, I always tell editors who are new to Wikipedia to start out just with things like fixing typos, fixing broken links on just general subjects. Don't try to tackle, you know, subjects like transgender history or, or anything controversial right away. And then when you're more comfortable with how Wikipedia works and the culture around editing, then you can venture into deeper stuff. Um, but when you do get into controversial issues like being trans, which unfortunately is considered very controversial, um, you need to realize that you're going to face a lot of transphobic vandalism and you're going to have to decide how much of that you're willing to accept because it can be very stressful. And I encourage people to take breaks. I mean, this is a completely volunteer job. No one should volunteer to be abused for free or, or for pay for that matter, but cer certainly not for free. I've had to take many breaks. I mean, I was just looking at my editing history the other day and you see like in one year I have you know thousands of edits and then the next year it dwindles down substantially because I just had to step away for a while. And so I encourage trans folks in particular to take care of themselves first, because as much as I want more transgender people represented amongst our editors, as well as in our articles, we can't do so at the expense of our own mental health. Yeah, definitely, Pax. Thanks for, for sharing this. Mm -hmm. So one of the things we talked about in the, in the prep calls um, is that this this issue of the neutral point of view. Pax, you said many trans editors get their edits reverted based on the... And, and you said something like that too, um, Tamsin, that if you block somebody, you try to stay out of it when it, it might be a trans or queer issue. Um, so j just this whole idea of, of neutral point of view, I find it so difficult. <laughs> and... Um, this definition of neutral point of view is is the is sort of the the knowledge or the or the the people who who have edited and run Wikipedia until now are cis male. I mean, let's say it. You know, the demographics are are defining what's neutrality there. So anyway, I'm rambling on. Can, can you talk about this and and sort of talk about it from your own point of view? Yeah, I mean, from my point of view. What is considered a neutral point of view on the English Wikipedia is that of a straight cisgender white male. And I am yeah. none of those things. <laughs> I mean, I'm legally male. I transitioned from female to male for legal and medical purposes, but I am non-binary. I'm not straight. I'm black, you know. So, and I'm open about all of these things on my user page, which I certainly do not recommend that anyone be if they're not comfortable with attracting mm -hmm. negative attention, but I choose to be transparent about my identity to make a point that I am editing from that frame of reference. Mm -hmm. And everybody is editing from a frame of reference, whether they consider it biased or not. You can't help but be influenced by being a certain race or gender identity or sexual orientation. And it just so happens that the ones that are most dominant are considered mm -hmm. neutral. And yeah. so when people accuse me of editing from a biased perspective because I'm trans or because I'm black or because I'm queer, 
you know, they have to realize that they have their own biases as well. So yeah. I think that's really important to emphasize. Sure. Absolutely. I think there's there's really two concepts that sometimes get conflated as neutral point of view. Uh, neutral point of view, I don't think is actually a great term to describe either. When it comes to article content, what we really mean is consensus point of view. Uh, because on a question like, did the Holocaust happen or is slavery bad? We don't take a neutral point of view. We take the consensus of reliable sources, which is yes to the first question and yes to the second question. I had to remember what the (laughs) second, whether I posed the second in the positive (laughs) or negative there. Um, um, The, what we really probably should have called it 20 years ago when that policy was written was consensus point of view because Mm -hmm. we're absolutely non-neutral intentionally on lots of our articles and that's a good thing and Mm -hmm. i hope anyone who quotes that chooses to quote that with the full context um (laughs) the when it comes to individual editors right we don't have any rule about neutrality for an individual editor And, and i think uh, Nikki, I think if I've given you the impression that I stay away from anything because I'm trans, I, I, I wouldn't say that. There's some mm-hmm. topics uh, or subtopics that I have interacted with in my capacity as an active editor in the LGBTQ topic area right. that as a matter of English Wikipedia policy, I'm therefore supposed to not be an administrator too close to anything I've worked on as a content editor. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I don't consider myself... Um, too biased to to act in the general concept of trans topics because if I were, if trans admins were, then why not cis admins too? Um, You know, I I have as much or as little bias inherently uh, as any cis person. And I've actually found, um, like this wouldn't necessarily have to be the case, but I often am a bit more open-minded on some things than... uh, some of our cisgender administrators when it comes to like giving someone a chance because i have seen Mm -hmm. every possible Mm -hmm. flavor of transphobia and there's times where i look at someone and i'm like oh maybe if we let this person talk this (laughs) through maybe this is gonna go gonna go in a better direction and then you know some cisgender admins like nope transphobic blocked Mm -hmm. (laughs) like okay (laughs) i was gonna give them a chance but um (laughs) um you know for Sometimes I, you know, you 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 want a block to be made by a more distant person if possible. But I think the the kind of misapplication of the neutral point of view policy to individuals has been a dangerous thing and has been weaponized against people from marginalized groups. And that, that's not even a complaint against, about the policy. The policy says nothing about individual people's views. It understands, in fact, that editors will be biased, that the sources we use will be biased. Um, and it's all about, if you, if you actually read the thing, which a lot of people don't, it's mm-hmm. about reconciling those biases to, yeah. to get the mm-hmm. quote unquote right answer. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, some people turn that into like, a, oh, well, I'm a centrist, so I must be unbiased. It's like, no, <laughs> centrism is still a bias. Or, you know, I'm in the majority group, so I'm, I'm cis, so I can't be biased on this trans topic. Like, no, nope. mm-hmm. 
that's still a bias. Everyone has a bias. True. Mm -hmm. Tamsin, you just mentioned uh, you being sometimes more open-minded than some of your of the other cis admin. And actually, it seems like your approach is assume good faith, right? Which is like essential to the Wikipedia project. And I wanted to ask you something. I think we mentioned this in, in, in our prep call. It's just a lot of Wikimedians don't know how to write about trans topic in general. Um, and I know that some guidelines have been developed to help them and to guide them. Can you maybe say a few words about it? Right. So <laughs> we have been fighting over guidelines on trans topics for like 10 years, we, we as a community. And after 10 years, what we have is don't deliberately misgender people in the encyclopedia's voice. Limit um, comments that aren't in the encyclopedia's voice that would misgender someone like quotes about someone before they transitioned and limit use of people's pre-transition names, sometimes called dead names. Um, that's a pretty embarrassing amount to show after 10 years of mm -hmm. incredibly intense discussion. Um, and a lot of it, uh, like if I'm saying this right now from the 30,000 foot view, but if you actually try to write an article on a trans person, a lot of that advice actually isn't that helpful because you'll just very quickly run into a case of like, oh, this is a quote that's talking about them having gender dysphoria. There isn't really a way I can write that that doesn't talk about their gender assigned at birth. And um my feeling you know as someone who who edits in the transgender topic area is that there's been a lot of desire by people to kind of regulate how we write about this where it's people who don't actually write about these topics who maybe sometimes they like it as a thought experiment they just want to just want to write about that mm -hmm. they just want to like have their take of oh this would be the best way to do it um but we routinely have to come up with our own solutions. So in terms of advice for someone who wants to write about transgender topics, you know, the, the best one is to the greatest extent possible, prioritize being respectful of the subject. Um, there will occasionally be exceptions where there's no way to write about something without saying something the person might not want you to write about. Um, if you're not we have this idea on the English Wikipedia of ignore all rules, which is like every rule is meant to be broken. <laughs> But one thing we often have to tell new users is like, you're probably not the best judge of which rules should be ignored yet. Yeah. So it, that applies here too, of if you're writing your first trans biography and you're like, oh, I think this is a case where we should break the normal rules on how we write about trans people, well, maybe go talk to someone who's written an article about this before, and maybe they'll say, no, you can just reword that quote and it will be fine. Um, or maybe they'll say, oh, yeah, that that really is an exception. There's no way around this here. Um, but the truth is, like, I, I, like, obviously everyone should read the guidance we currently have, but it's kind of a mess and does not give actually the best guidance, uh, which... Mm is a shame but the really the community consensus has been pointing toward just not like the last several attempts to create new guidance have failed because people have said we we've talked about this enough and like i think that's correct like I, i've been one of those people of like no we don't need this much micromanagement because the other thing is the biggest issues in our trans articles aren't caused by people who've ever read the guidance it's by people who 
don't even know that section of the guidelines exist and are just saying, well, he he was a man then, so we should use his man name. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and yeah. that's been against the guideline for 10 years, mm-hmm. and people still do it all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's Yeah, consensus issue. building is messy. And um, you're right, it does get exhausting. I've had to drop out of many of these conversations. I used to really actively participate in any conversation on Wikipedia involving transgender subjects because not only because I'm transgender myself, but because again, I am one of you know few openly trans people on the project and I wanted to make sure my voice was represented. Um, but it really takes a toll because these conversations are open to everybody, including just random anonymous people who are recruited on Twitter or whatever to come in and weigh in, and they don't care about the rules, whether they've read them or not. They're just convinced that we're freaks of nature or whatever and are going to say what they will. And even though those comments can be and usually are reverted, we still see them. And that hurts. I mean, it literally hurts. And mm-hmm. some people have a much higher pain threshold for that. Uh, but all of us are human beings and we are, you know, we need to take breaks because it's just exhausting. Yeah. Yeah. And and if I can say two things on that, I mean I, I think that's absolutely a great point that there's a bias in favor of people who have more stamina, who are often the people who have less emotionally involved in, in a situation. And also the people and even if someone is emotionally involved on like the offensive, they're usually going to be better at keeping their emotions out of it and looking cool headed, and that leads to people being perceived as overreacting maybe actually overreacting just because something's a sensitive emotional subject to them and then kind of getting in trouble for that which i don't know if i have an easy solution to because like you you don't that that can be legitimately disruptive behavior but i don't think our current handling of it is great The, the the other thing to say is like um one idea that comes up in these conversations is like, oh, all the trans editors want this. You know, trans editors can't agree on anything. Pax and I can't agree on anything. If you, if you look at... That's why I invited you, invited you to join us. <laughs> yeah. If you look at the actual history of the guideline, there's, there's partial... There's, you know, people will come along sometimes and say, oh, this portion of the guideline is transphobic. We should change it. And if you look back and see who suggested this oh a trans person suggested this um you know the uh, probably two of the most controversial aspects of our um gender guidelines among trans people which are one the rule that we do sometimes like include people's dead names in footnotes uh in articles that reference them and two that we generally don't use neo pronouns which are like like so i like one of the sets of pronouns I use is Z, Zem, Zer. Uh, and our guideline is, no, we don't do that. If someone only takes neo-pronouns, we use they, them instead. Both of those have gotten a lot of criticism from trans people. Both of those were largely supported by trans people, have been defended by trans people. So there's like this this fiction of like some mono- yeah. tra- monolithic trans cabal that wants the m- maximal interpretation and yeah. just like read any of these discussions that's that's not what happens <laughs> and i think that the, the strictest part of the guideline which is about like um the, the strictest parts which are the earliest parts about like dead naming and misgendering i think were written by cis people so <laughs> uh yeah so we want to believe things get better and i know pax you gave a presentation 
uh, around the transgender gap in 2016. Do you feel like stuff is improving since then? And uh, yeah, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, that was a presentation I gave at uh, Wiki Conference North America in San Diego, I believe, in 2016. Mm -hmm. um, just talking about the idea that the transgender gap is not so much a gap in the number of transgender versus cisgender people, because that number will always be skewed. I mean, transgender yeah. people will always be a very small percentage of the human population, from my perspective, um, but a gap in knowledge about trans folks. And I feel that that has improved. There's a lot more knowledge about mm -hmm. us now. Um, but there is, with that visibility has come at least in the United States, an increase in violence and backlash against us. Um, I mean, we have 50 different states in this country that have 50 different views and laws about gender and uh, what we can do with our bodies and what we can do legally to declare our identities. And I know that other countries um, are facing this in various ways as well. Um, but yeah, it's so I feel like our visibility has improved, uh, but the laws are, star uh, uh, how should I put this? Our safety is in great jeopardy right now. Mm -hmm. And this is obviously speaking outside of Wikipedia, but right. yeah. really on Wikipedia as well, if you think about mental health, our safety is impacted there as well. And one of the main reasons that I keep going is because when someone searches for something on Google or another search engine, Wikipedia results are going to come up right at the top. And if the first result that someone sees is a vandalized page mm -hmm. about a transgender person or topic, that's yeah. going to have a serious impact on yeah. a, the men. If that's a vulnerable trans person, you know, looking for information that could help them or looking up other transgender people about their lives and they see vandalism there or hate speech, that's just going to have a terrible impact. So I keep going for that reason. Mm -hmm. I don't know if this yeah. answers your question directly, but that's, that's mm -hmm. what I try to emphasize is the mm -hmm. critical, critical importance of Wikipedia this week, this all volunteer project to the world at large, which I don't think that everyone appreciates nearly enough. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Pax, I'd like to react to that. So you said trans and non-binary people, their safety is being jeopardized in the society, in the world we live in at the moment. Um, and I would like to just be talking about the Wikimedia movement as a comparison of that. So the movement strategy basically says that we want to create an environment that's safe enough for anyone who shares our vision to be able to join us. And I would like to hear from both of you, how can we make the Wikimedia movement a non-hostile place, a safer place for non-binary folks? And maybe not just talking about the online spaces, but also the on-site space. So when we meet together, when we get this human connection that goes beyond the Wikipedia, how can we make it a safer place? So, like, I, I agree with a lot of what Pax just said. I, in terms of, like, overall, you know, the world for trans people, I'm, like, on team, like, 
anti-trans visibility. I think it's been a bad thing more than a good thing overall. I think paradoxically, though, the kind of backlash on trans issues in the US and Europe in the past um, couple years has probably been beneficial on Wikipedia, because if there's one thing Wikipedians hate, it's like coordinated campaigns to push an ideology. And like the trans community was often like has often like been accused of that with no actual evidence of anything other than individual trans editors showing up and having opinions. And and by the way, my earlier point about like people getting reverted, it's not necessarily that like trans editors are reverted for being trans or anything. It's that new editors are reverted for being new. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. most trans editors are new because they tend to be younger and, you know, yeah. Um so like I have noticed a shift in the past like six months or so on Wikipedia of a lot less back when like being transphobic was just some like quirky ideological view that was was like oh free speech let this whatever but now that it's like associated more and more with like far right views and Mm. anti-science violence wikipedia wikipedia really Mm. violence but like if there's one thing wikipedians hate it's not violence it's being against science and (laughs) when they see a a movement (laughs) misrepresenting science they tend to get very mad and so in terms of you know making spaces and this is good to just like to actually answer your question Ava because it's like I don't know you can't make a space safe without having the people be decent uh that that, that's the only thing that will ever you you can put up a you know (laughs) imagine you walk into a space there's a big sign on the wall that says you know no assaulting you know people of whatever group you're in it's not actually going to make you feel safer. It might, for, personally, it's going to make me feel less safe. It's mm. like no assaulting trans people. <laughs> gonna, like, right. why, why do we need a sign saying this? Mm-hmm. Um, but if I walk into a space and everyone's treating me decently, honestly, re- regardless of the what, whatever stereotype I might have of that space, even if it's a place where I think, oh, a lot of people here might have political views that you know might skew anti-trans or whatever, but people are just being good to me. That that's what makes the safe space (laughs) that's what makes the space safe um and so the main thing we can do you know as a movement is education is competence i I had one user who i i warned because they they had reverted what they thought was vandalism but was actually an improvement to comply with our gender identity guidelines and i said to them hey that was incorrect please be more careful and since then, they've come to me from time to time and they've said, hey, this article, uh, you know, goes into a lot of detail about this person's transition. Is that actually, is that too much detail? Because mm-hmm. they've just accepted that maybe they're not an expert on this. They're, they're not the best judge. And instead, they'd like my input. And, you know, that's been that's been good to see. That's People need to know what they don't know and eventually maybe learn enough that they do know. It's good to use the word safer space because I don't know if it's possible to have a truly safe space, especially if you're saying for everyone, because everyone is a very large group. Um, Within the Wikipedia movement, I mean, again, these conversations on Wikipedia are open to everyone, including anonymous users, including people that were recruited on specific hate sites to say anti-trans things. So if I want to have a discussion about LGBT subjects with other Wikipedians that are I know or have a fairly 
good idea are LGBT or allies, I won't do it on Wikipedia. It's We have a LGBT user group that has uh, other spaces that we can gather. And so that's one thing that I have taken advantage of. And of course, this doesn't mean, as Tamsin has emphasized, that we're all going to be in agreement on every thing. And I mean, there is not a specific trans Wikipedian group. And even if there was, again, as Tamsin said, we would not all be in agreement on everything. Mm -hmm. But at least we would have a better idea that there weren't people coming specifically to attack us for being transgender. Mm -hmm. um, as far as being in real life space, I haven't been to a Wikimedia uh, meetup in real space for quite some time, but I did uh, watch the recent Wikimania event remotely. And one thing that I was grateful to learn is that there was a gender neutral restroom where the restroom that was intended intentionally excuse me, originally not gender neutral, marked as gender neutral for the duration of an event. And that actually got some negative uh, attention and news coverage in the host city, but it was greatly appreciated by the trans and non-binary folks um, in attendance from what I understand. And even mm -hmm. though I wasn't physically there, I was very grateful for that. I feel that uh, especially from my own experience, having a lot of stress transitioning from using women's restrooms to men's mm -hmm. restrooms. I f and I know trans women have it even worse in that regard. Um, that's one of the rather small things, from, but actually big things in impact that one can do to make a safer space for trans and non-binary folks mm -hmm. is to make facilities gender neutral where appropriate if we're just talking kind of the, you know, the, the little things that that help with that you know gender neutral restrooms just avoiding ge gendering wherever possible you know obvious things like don't have mr slash ms as your only options for a title consider whether you need a title at all there's cultural implications there um if you're asking someone's name clarify do you need their legal name or do you want the name they like mm -hmm. to be called or do you need both because if it's something like oh you're going to be getting a scholarship to travel to this event maybe they really do need the name on your passport but yeah. then they should know that that might not be the name you go by and again that's also just like a cross-cultural thing of like first name last name fields are very non-accessible to a large portion <laughs> of yeah. the world um if you're asking uh, and this is always one of my things, though, is if you want to be super progressive and show you support the trans community, asking someone's pronouns is a great thing to do. Making the pronouns field required is a horrible idea that will <laughs> actually scare away a lot of trans people who might be early in their transitions. I know for me, when I was early in my transition, it was like, okay, if people or before mm -hmm. I transitioned, it was like, if people are going to look at me and think he, him, well, that's not, I didn't say that, that they said that. So that's, that, that's fine. I, you know, then if a place was like, no, to show our solidarity with the trans community, you need to say that your pronouns are he, him. <laughs> um, you know, so, so thinking about that, talking to trans people, talking to a diversity of trans people, like, just like, asking around what what would make people feel safer at an event in, in, in a given context all great ideas but also understanding that no one speaks for the whole trans community and sometimes mm -hmm. someone's idea of oh i'd i'd feel way better if this might be based on their personal experience and it's a valid valid perspective but might not be representative 
of the entire community. Maybe as we move towards the end of, of the interview, I think there's a question I would like to ask you both. And it relates to the word out there and how we fit in it. So we often wonder what the world needs from us, particularly in the context of movement strategy and us growing as a movement towards our strategic direction. And I would just like to ask you, how do you think that the speed of progress in terms of recognizing non-binary people and their rights in our projects, how do you think that the speed of progress within the Wikimedia movement is in comparison to the society we live in? I, I can only speak from my perspective as a U.S. American to emphasize that because I realize this is a global audience and I so I always want to emphasize that that's my frame of reference. I do feel that the Wikimedia projects at large are somewhat more advanced of the current state of recognition and respect for transgender and non-binary folks. Again, this is from a U.S. perspective, and it doesn't mean that it's perfect. It will never be perfect. But if it weren't at least equal to, if not better than, the state of dialogue around trans or and non-binary folks in the U.S., I would be much less inclined to participate because, again, my mental health is at issue here. Mm -hmm. So that's my current assessment, subject to change. <laughs> <laughs> Tamsin, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, I think, you know, tr trans rights in the U.S. and U.K., and maybe I'm less qualified to talk about other countries, are moving yeah, somewhere between moving backward and at a standstill right now, depending where you look. Um, as I said before, I think that has had some kind of perverse positive effects on on wikipedia because it, it galvanizes things and forces people mm -hmm. to take a side there's a paradox there that yeah wikipedia is not a, a reliable source we're also the source a lot of people base all their knowledge on i don't know if you've had this experience pax but i've definitely like written an article and then a month a few months later i look at news coverage of that topic and it all presents it the exact same way i present the facts they they mm. it's not necessarily a new facts it's just they've now synthesized it as you know this these are the details that matter and it's based on what i say um so i i do believe you know people Wikipedia has the potential to be incredibly influential for good or for bad on mm -hmm. these topics. Uh, and that's not me saying, oh, we should advocate for the most pro-trans reading of things, because um, there's lots of topics where the pro-trans reading might not necessarily be exactly what the sources say. Uh, they might take a more you know, for instance, satisfaction rates after bottom surgery, the current sourcing is middling positive, where I think most trans people would have a significantly more positive view of that of that topic and i don't i don't want it to say what the average trans person thinks i just want it to say what the source the scholarly sources think but often that's not what's in the article mm -hmm. and that really has potential to do tremendous good or bad on an issue that a lot of people are hearing about for the first time and just want to know the basics on yeah. and a single misleading sentence could be all it takes to make a person think, oh, oh, so this is bad. Okay, mm -hmm. I got it. Yeah. yeah. So there yep. we go. Very, well, very those, are, true. those are great last words um, on the power of, of the project that we're all working on. And, Everyone's um, favorite unreliable source. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very I nice I want to thank you so much for, yeah, I want to thank you so much for spending time with us. This was fascinating discussion and 
I learned a lot and I hope we'll get lots and lots of listeners who also learn from this and who maybe can extrapolate some of what you say also to other situations and interactions and marginalized groups and um, just to generally to make our movement a nice place, a nicer place, <laughs> a decent place, like you said. Um, so maybe we did a little bit towards that today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you so much. Thank you to our two wonderful guests. This has been very insightful, as Nikki just said. Wikimove is a production from uh, Wikimedia Deutschland and its governance and movement relations team. Our music was composed and produced by Rory Gregory and is available under CC by SA on Wikimedia Commons. You can visit our Wikimove meta page to listen to previous episodes and suggest topics and guests for our next set season or for next episode, actually, because uh, we're just in the beginning of season two. Um, you can also use our meta page to react to podcasts and connect with other listeners and subscribe to always be notified of our new episode releases. You can contact us at wikimove at wikimedia.de to continue this discussion and share our suggestions for the next episodes. And that's a wrap. Thank you so much. Goodbye. Bye. Tschüssi. Au revoir. Ciao. You have to say au revoir. Au revoir.